Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello, it's Thursday, the 1st of February. I'm Alex von Tunzelman, and February made me shiver with every paper I'd deliver. Welcome back to Paper Cuts, the modern newspaper review. Every weekday, there's bad news on the doorstep. I couldn't take one more step. OK, that's enough American pie. Every weekday, we blind bake a pastry shell, fill it with the steak of the broadsheets, the kidneys of the mid-markets and the Worcester sauce of the tabloids, arrange the Daily Star on top and bake a good, honest British media pie just for you. We'll pie you up every weekday, Monday to Friday. Hit subscribe on your podcast app so you never miss an episode. Now, here are the headlines for today's show. Duvet hooray! Turns out taking a sickie might be good for you and your boss. Bunga bunga survivor. Silvio Berlusconi's beachside estate is up for sale for 500 million euros. And get mullered. In Tehran, when the Ayatollah needs a job done, he turns to the Hells Angels, apparently. Welcome to Paper Cuts. We read the papers so you don't have to. Thanks for joining us on Paper Cuts, where we drove our Chevy to the levee, but the levee was dry. I'm Alex von Tanzelman, and with me today is journalist and good old boy drinking whiskey and rye, Holly Thomas. Hi, Holly. Hello. And also with me is comedian and lonely teenage bronken buck, Finn Taylor. Hiya. So, what do we have on the front pages today, Holly? So, on the cover of the Telegraph, we have actually quite a sort of sad photo of Nicola Sturgeon at the COVID inquiry, mm. um, where, you know, like several of um, the people who have been appeared before it, she's in tears. She's in a tricky spot because, you know, she, obviously her public profile has fallen somewhat recently, mm. but you can't... <laughs> um, <laughs> Understatement, yeah. Um, but, you know, it, it's hard not to sympathise a bit for someone in that position. Pol- politics by committee becomes a lot harder in an emergency like COVID. And, you know, she obviously for quite some time when she was asked, did you delete your WhatsApp messages? But unlike, again, many of the people who've appeared before it, she did eventually say yes. So a little bit of credit there. She, she actually gave a straight yeah. answer eventually. OK, I mean, that's something. Emph- emphasis Having on already had forensics in her garden. <laughs> well, you know what, Finn, who, who, am, who among us? Who among us? Um, <laughs> I'm feeling generous today. Um, and she's on a lot of the front pages, isn't she? Crying in the picture. Yes. Te- tears of sturgeon. Yes, on the eye, uh, she appears with the headline, Humbling of a Political Giant. Mm. Um, that's not the main story. On the main story on the eye, we have 40,000 XL bullies beat the ban as police tell public to call 101 for unmuzzled dogs. Right, right. OK, loads of these things running around everywhere. 40,000? Yeah, well, so um, you, basically, I think you can apply for an exemption uh, to the to the ban. So if you've, right. if you've got a good boy, you can go to <laughs> the relevant authorities and uh, make the case that you Or you're... if you're like, no, this is a chihuahua. Yeah. It's just really overgrown. <laughs> oh, genuinely, it's genuinely an issue, though, that like the parameters for what counts an, as an XL bully are really broad. So a lot of other dogs could, um, mm. could be in the firing line, so to speak. So... Anyway, on the Times, we have get back to basics, police told. 
That's James cleverly wanting a stronger community presence from the police. Make of that what you want. Right. Will. I mean, it sounds like a pretty boilerplate Tories, you know, Bobby's on the beat. Bobby's on the beat. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the I mean, same. are you going to pay for it, James cleverly? This is rather the issue, I yeah, think. Yeah. Um, are we going to have nice Bobby's on the beat? You know, yeah. oh my God, like, I, I don't know, the sight of a policeman on the street doesn't give me the, the comfort it might once have done. Um, Quite. And then on the Financial Times, we have fast-track legislation to end two-year political limbo for Northern Ireland. Uh, so that's about the Brexit trade rules. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All those all those complicated all those fun things. odds and ends that we're still tying up yep. a mere eight years later. And Finn, what have we got on the tabloids? The Sun leads with ITV want Claudia to be BBC traitor. This is the news that ITV want to give Claudia Winkleman a six-figure deal to host shows on ITV. Daily Mirror, in the name of our daughters, change the law. This is about uh, domestic violence. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Daily Mail... Um, this leads with Mike Freer's news that he's uh, be driven out of politics by death threats for supporting Israel. Um, this is, I think, off the back of um, the guy that killed the South End MP yeah. uh, apparently visited uh, Mike Freer's office with the intention of doing the same. It's scary. An so absolutely hideous uh, strap line at the top as well from there. Why do section. women hate it when their fat friend loses weight? I mean, get knotted. Their fat friend in capitals. Yeah, fat, fat, fat is capitalised. Just, just the to, one fat yeah. friend. And, and it's in bold, actually. Yeah. So, yeah. And it's in pink. And, and it's in pink. pink. <laughs> Jeez. Absolute okay, there's nip. that. Yes. And then the star, throwing a sickie is good for you. Cheeky duvet day helps slackers be creative. Hooray! Okay, so we're going on that. I mean, a lot of the front page stories, yes, dominated by Nicola Sturgeon pictures. Let's just take a little closer look at the front page of The Telegraph. There's this story about Labour wanting to renationalise the railways without compensation. I mean, Finn, why are The Telegraph threatening us with a good time here? I don't really know. I mean, I guess it's because it's a Corbyn policy originally. Mm. That's probably one of the only ones that Starmer is publicly saying he's going to keep. So The Telegraph may be getting a bit itchy at the idea of something like that. No compensation for railway um, companies presumably just means sort of fuck them. But I, <laughs> I, I, I don't really understand the economics. I mean, I mean, it doesn't really... What would compensation do? Because they're not going to have any... They, they, aren't, they can't just build more railways no. to, to operate on. Or, or do they just go to different countries? Well, I, mean, I suppose what's haven't the, they what's got the... licences that are periodical? So I suppose if you cancel... Someone's but they license. say, well, they say they're going to Labour are going to do it as their contracts come up, which yeah. would presumably for license renewal. So I presume that that actually there wouldn't really necessarily be a need legally for compensation. Also, I mean, God, if railway companies aren't doing okay for cash based on current tickets prices, <laughs> they I simply mean. don't deserve compensation. I know. It's I think they just don't deserve compensation. <laughs> <stop>. yeah, <no. laughs> well, this is the thing. I think the Telegraph means this as a sort of scare story, don't they? They're building up to their like, oh my God, Starmer is some sort of you know trot basically. Um, But actually, I think this is overwhelmingly incredibly popular. I mean, don't the vast majority of people support renationalisation of the railways, given Mm. how incredibly poorly they're run privately? Absolutely. It feels like the Telegraph's equivalent of the Daily Mail's, oh my God, they're coming for your private schools campaign. (laughs) Do you you know what proportion of the population? (laughs) This is like irritating. It's very, yeah, it's a really, really weird hill to die on. And as, as you say, I feel like the Corbynite legacy might mm. might be the reason, like, but a bit. It feels weird on that basis that if that they're not kind of leaning more heavily on that, mm. like, yeah, as as a sort of propaganda line, it's not being executed very effectively. I would say. 
Now, according to the Daily Star, the first Monday in February is National Sicky Day, the day when we're most likely to phone in sick to work. But the star is convinced that sickies make you a better worker. Now, Holly, you're here working today on your <laughs> birthday. Happy birthday, Holly. But will you be pulling a sickie next week? So probably not. I have quite a hard line on this. or Well, I say hard line. So I don't believe in pulling a sickie for like a hangover or any kind of like voluntary all-nighter. However, <laughs> however, sometimes you do need to take a moment and I am all for that. So What if you're actually ill? Well, so again, I'm quite weird on this. Like I will drag myself into work feeling pretty rubbish or I used to on the, in the days long ago when I went to an office. But every now and again, I really, I'll be honest, I like for whatever reason, I really didn't feel like it. And then I sort of, I would take those sort of untaken sickies I felt like I'd earned. I'd be like, this is my moment. Like I'm going to have a nice day when I actually feel okay and go for a walk in the park but I will work when I feel completely rubbish so yeah I have an inverse attitude to sickies we <laughs> have we learn from the star it's, it's from boffins of course as everything in the star comes mm. straight from direct from boffins in this case Robbie Bryant from the open study college don't quite know what that is but anyway boffin boffs your brain needs a duvet day Finn does your brain need a duvet day well it's it's classic it's the star in that it's printing just the concept of holidays it turns out <laughs> holidays are good and people need them. So how they're getting away with another page filler of complete, obvious, trite, whatever. Anyway, I mean, yeah, shock horror, not, not, not working five days a week. It's nice. I think also, it, like, in the context of people working overtime all of the time, just because you're always on your email, you're always on your phone, mm. and, like, all of the, you know, we're talking about sick days, that could also apply to kind of, like, a mental illness mm -hmm, sort of, of course, sickness, yeah. you know, you could be feeling really terrible in that sense. And given how little effective support there is for that at work, and also the, the disincentive often of telling your boss, like, you know, if you have an amazing relationship with your boss and you feel you can trust them to say, hey, you know what, I'm feeling very anxious, very depressed, whatever it is mm. great but many people understandably might not feel that way in which case you'll say sorry food poisoning um and yeah i think sort of the things in place at work like you know kind of yoga and i don't know talking to someone initiatives are Ugh. proven to be so <laughs> so ineffective you know like if i'm incredibly stressed i'm not going to take an hour out of my probably overfilled day to go and i don't know get sweaty in some room with my colleagues <laughs> like yeah, because you're still at work. It's just you're not yeah. working. You're just doing yoga at work. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I hope that's what Holly was suggesting. Yeah, well. <laughs> I mean, it was just sweating in a room with colleagues. It could have yeah. been anything. Yeah, that's true, actually. <laughs> I don't know what they do over at CNN. I mean, it could be all sorts. I work from home, guys. It's, <laughs> it's an issue to be Well, I think that's the thing. I mean, for a lot of us who are freelancers, of course, this is a bit less of an issue because we don't get sick pay. So I've got a pretty high standard of when I won't work. <laughs> well, exactly. I think that brings things into really like crisp um, clarity, which again is where I think I sort of come into like you find when you don't get paid if you don't work, you do find that you can work through, you know, yeah. most colds, <laughs> cert, you know, probably you know, food poisoning, all of those things. I would actually say that the mental health ones probably are the ones that are most crippling in a, in terms of not being able to work, unless you've got a raging temperature. There's also, there should be a word for it, but in, in my world, you get like, oh, I've just landed a big job, so now I don't have to do that job. <laughs> I don't know what, there should be a German word for basically being like, I don't, I now don't need to do this, so I won't. Yeah. Yeah, that is actually, I, I really relate to that feeling. Yeah. <laughs> I know what you mean. All right, big job getters, Jesus. <laughs> oh, hey, Holly, we're, we're both here. Yeah, so yeah. Not, we, haven't, we haven't had one for a while. Yeah. <laughs> um, but there is a serious 
side to this as well, isn't there? I mean, so sick days at work have really gone up. So the average people were taking before the pandemic was 5.8 days, and it's now 7.8 days. Apparently costs the UK 11 billion annually. But then surely it saves employers in like being signed off for mental health, Mm. you know, like a three-month sabbatical. Well, I think this is what the star would argue. Yeah, of course. And also, like, as we were saying earlier, people's immune systems have been ravaged in the last few years. You know, so many people who've had long COVID are much... Uh, Mm. much more predisposed to all sorts of other illnesses at this point, or they simply have long COVID symptoms. Mm. So it might be that people are iller than they were. But but also culturally, going into the office, like sneezing... Has, it's still yeah. a bit like... Mm. You're not going to make any buddies, are you, doing no, that? People exactly. are just giving you a very wide berth indeed. Yeah, so... <laughs> I am... Um, oh God, I, I remember literally, it was probably in January 2020, um, my then housemate dragging herself into work, looking, I mean, like death. And she was like, they're just not going to be able to manage without me. And I was like, see you in two hours. And she was, yeah, she was duly sent home because e- even before COVID, people were like, there is a limit to how, yeah. how much can snot I can see in my immediate vicinity. Well, with the Daily Star coming out in support of this, and we know that Monday is the big day coming up, I'm incredibly worried because I think no one at the Star is going to show up for work on Monday, which means our Tuesday show is going to be really tough without the Daily Star. So some of you please go in. What if an animal does something over the weekend? Yeah, exactly. We must know. (laughs) You're proud to love animals. We need your animal news. Now to Sardinia, where the lavish beachside estate of late Italian national embarrassment Silvio Berlusconi is up for sale for an eye-watering half a billion euros. Finn, this is on the front page of the FT, absolutely gripping story. Can you tell us a bit about Berlusconi's party palace? The Bunga Bungalow, um, (laughs) a 110 hectare uh, villa... Catosa Estate. Uh, I don't on, even know what a hectare is. No, I don't really know what it is. I can't. I can't envisage it. Ten acres. Yeah, but yeah, I don't. What's an acre? I mean, at this point, I mean, you might as well say. Is it like the hundred-acre forest? It's a bushel and a peck. I reckon. I reckon it's just fucking massive. It's massive. I reckon big. It's on the north coast of the Costa Smeralda, which even sounds quite seedy, doesn't it? Sounds a bit gross, doesn't it? Yeah. Sixty-eight rooms, direct access to the Mediterranean, multiple swimming pools, tennis courts. Gardens, the, oh, here we go. Gardens the size of 80 football fields. Oh, that's so pretty that, big. So that makes it, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty big. That. Yep. It's not going on uh, public sale. I mean, it's not going to be advertised. You mean even we though, can't even have it? On the front page of the FT. <laughs> um, but, but I imagine this is, I mean, it won't be a Russian national because of the war in Ukraine that buys it. So right. it, I guess that means it's going to be a Saudi yeah. run property. Yeah, pretty much. Well, it does say in the piece that apparently the uh, royal family of Saudi Arabia, the Al Saud family, have tried to buy it twice. Mm. Which is weird because you'd think that with their, I guess, moral code, Mm. you'd probably say Berlusconi was the least Saudi man to have ever lived. (laughs) Just in terms of opinion on women's dress codes, on (laughs) on alcohol, he's probably the polar opposite of Saudi Arabia. Maybe they're going to clean the place up a bit. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) So people that have stayed here and partied with Berlusconi, uh, include we learned from the FT, Vladimir Putin has stayed there a lot of times. Tony Blair has stayed there. And there's a story about firework display when he stayed with Berlusconi, where Berlusconi had fireworks project the words Viva Tony Mm -hmm. on the sky. I imagine Blair has that in his head all the time. (laughs) 
literally think he just made it up. Yeah. It's just, yeah. He just saw that. He sees that anyway. And yeah. Just, he just says, oh, you've got a fire for me. Holly, if you had to stay in Vladimir Putin's bedroom or Tony Blair's bedroom in this house, which one would gross you out least? So I did a little bit of research, by which I mean I Google imaged this estate <laughs> um, in, in advance of the show and landed on this business insider piece, which tells me apparently there's an underwater escape route. What? And I can't believe that whoever is trying to sell this hasn't made more of the secret underwater escape route. To where? I, well, I mean, who knows? But I'm, I'm already intrigued. I guess so I want the room an, next to that. I guess the thing about an escape route is if you advertise it as a property, it's not really yeah. an escape route. It's really on business. Yeah. Maybe there's a submarine down there. So you go down the escape route, get into the submarine, and you can go anywhere. That's what? That's where they are. That's where they are. It does sound like a Titanic lot. Bond villain, like. (laughs) Berlusconi. Berlusconi. Um, so yeah, I want that room. I want the under. I want the one that's got the hatch um, into the into the secret tunnel to the magic submarine. All right. Well, look, let's have a whip round us freelancers with no sick pay. How much? You know, five hundred million euros. We can go down the back of the sofa. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, give me until next week. Yeah. Be all right. <laughs> Now, to one of those stories in the paper that makes any writer immediately want to buy the film rights. This one is so extraordinary. Again, it's on the front page of the FT. Western officials believe that Tehran's intelligence agencies have been hiring hell's angels to bump off dissidents abroad. Finn, W, T and indeed F? This is so great. This is a story (laughs) that is only really matched in recent times by the hot guy who escaped from uh, Wandsworth Prison. Oh, yeah, that was amazing. Uh, And then then his... Pleaded innocent. Anyway, <laughs> so allegedly escaped from prison. So yeah, apparently Iran has been orchestrating, basically outsourcing assassinations via yeah, like gangsters in the UK and the US. Apparently they've tried fifteen assassinations in the UK alone since twenty twenty two. But the 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 case that has been brought to an American court uh, concerns this uh, Iranian called Big Guy, mm-hmm. who uh, that's his code name. Who really, is, Naji Sharifi Zidashti, but yes, go. that's I, why I they call him Big guy. guy. Who hired uh, Damien Ryan, or is accused of hiring Damien Ryan, who's a senior member of Canada's Hell's Angels, to carry out uh, murders for the Iranian state for three hundred fifty thousand dollars plus twenty thousand dollars expenses. That's Obviously, think of your tax return. Yeah, um, although you still can't buy Berlusconi's villa. No, but um, need to kill a lot of people for that. The, the main quote in this story that we um, we should say is that uh, Ryan then contacted another uh, Hell's Angel member called Adam Pearson, and um, <laughs> Pearson responded to Ryan saying he would instruct his recruits to shoot the victim in the head a lot to make an example. Mm. Uh, we got to erase his head from his torso. <laughs> Oh my God. It's one way to make an example, isn't it? We instruct them to shoot them in the head. It's like, we know how it's done. A, 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 a lot. <laughs> Sorry, to make an example, because if that's been done to you, well, you, okay, I won't do it again because yeah. last time you shot my head off. In the, A lot. A lot. Guys, shoot him in the head a lot, would you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God. I mean, it's pretty full on. And so Big Guy apparently ordered, the, so they allege he ordered mm. two murders through encrypted messaging in 2020 and 2021. They haven't named the victims of this. Mm. But I mean, so there is obviously a very dark side to this where people are getting murdered. But also, I mean, what are they doing? These kind of Iranian clerics hanging out with these Hell's Hell, Angels yeah. is just it's quite an image. a strange overlap, isn't it? I want to know whether Big Guy is ironically Big Guy because he's tiny or is actually massive. Oh, God, that's a really good question. Is he like Little John? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he's Big Guy. <laughs> well, we need to look him up. Well, I mean, maybe we don't need to look him up. So maybe what, like an, ar- an Iranian with a micropenis is orchestrating... <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, he's going to kill Finn attacks. now. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to get rubbed out. He's going to erase your head from your torso. He's going to shoot me in the head a lot and, yeah. and to make an example of me. Yeah. So another thing I saw, another quote in the piece was, according to the indictment, one of the Canadian men allegedly wrote that carrying out a merger in the US would be very challenging, but he might have someone to do it. And this... All of this has the flavour of like, so in Iran, you're like, US and Canada, that's basically the same, right? <laughs> Whereas it's like, no, 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 potentially they're thousands, they're still thousands of miles away from, mm. from the, you know, Maryland where the murder, where the people, the target apparently were. And for me, it has the flavour of like people organising a foreign wedding and being like, it's fine, <laughs> we can do this ourselves. Like, how hard is it to get a caterer in Italy from England? It's like, actually, it turns out when you get down to the logistics, the, the finer details, it's quite tricky. Yeah, anyway, I just had it brought back memories of a particularly stressful uh, day on an Italian hillside. I think, you're, I think we haven't actually thought enough about how stressful this must be for the Hells Angels. Well, but also... Quite tough. Also, just like, do your research, hit people. But it, <laughs> like, as, a, as a plot line, it, it's like it wouldn't be out of... It would be contrived in GTA. <laughs> like, oh, these Hells Angels have been hired by the Ayatollah to take out a gang. Like, it's nuts. I mean, it's Argo too. It sounds I, like Vin Diesel should, uh, yes. should get the rights to this. Do you think he would? Yeah, I mean, is it him or The Rock? No, it's Vin Diesel, isn't it? It's both, isn't the it? The Rock's too nice. Yeah, they I should think... both be in it and never film any scenes together. Now to the part of the show where we demonstrate our touching faith in the headline writers not to let us down. These are the best headlines of the day, hopefully. What have you got for us today, Holly? So according to the Star, uh, British boffins have taken a break from their um, extensive research on sick days and they're working on secret materials to protect satellites from laser attacks. Oh, that Um, sounds kind of quite a hardcore thing to do on your non-sick day. Also, yeah, no. And why don't we know more about these laser attacks we're apparently all vulnerable to? (laughs) Um, So, yeah, it says Brit Labs battle to save world from space attack. Headline is Laser Quest. Oh, I like that. Strong, strong. Yeah. Yeah. Bit nice. of a call back to childhood with Laser Quest. Mm. That's a solid 8 out of 10 effort. Holly, turn back to the Daily Mirror if we can. Yes, so this is a story about um, how you can now get adult toys delivered from the store to your bedroom door in just 20 minutes um, if you just can't wait. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, so Racy Chain and Summers has launched a delivery service and you can get like couples play sets, sex toys, massage oil... It's a it's a weird. I, I mean, have some forethought, people. I, I, I don't know. Anyway, so you can get this all delivered to your door. Headline is deliver rude. Oh, very good. I don't know. I think they could have gone with Dildero, Dildero, Dildero. <laughs> you can't even say it. Dildero, Dildero. <laughs> and Finn, what have you got for us? I think you've got a few from the Sun. Yeah, I've got some from the Sun. Um, so the story about uh, how car insurance prices is rocketing. Uh, crash bang wallet is the headline. But I also like woe compare, which they put just above mm. it. Then or also in the Sun, the guy from Line of Duty has said that he won't do gratuitous nude scenes. And the headline is Line of Prudy. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty I, good. I don't know. Mid, I don't know. You're not the that best impressed. story, page three of the Sun. Um, the, the story is funnier than the headline, really. Um, there is a, a play about the guy before the Euros final in Leicester Square who shoved a flare up his ass. Mm. A play mm. 
mm. about the guy who shoved a flare up his ass. Is it a long play? Because um, I mean, that's I, I don't. I mean, plays are long, aren't they? You, yeah. you don't really have a play that's less than an hour. And there's like an interval and everything. What's um, he going to do then? Uh, yeah, I guess. What's his backstory? Uh, anyway, the headline is my, my flare laddie. <laughs> It's <laughs> pretty good, actually. Yeah. Now, forget the news and sport for a moment and let's snuggle into the comforting darkness of the features sections. What do we have today? Holly, you've got something in The Guardian. Yeah, so this is the 16 rules of modern dining. And they basically... 16? 16, specific. Mm. And they basically have a panel of kind of restaurateurs, sommeliers, food writers who are all coming together to decide what is and isn't okay in restaurant dining. I don't eat out very much, I'll be honest. But I, I was reading these and it turns out like you get quite strong opinions quite quickly. So for example, all right, let's start like small. Dogs allowed in the dining room. I love dogs. I have a dog. That strikes me as an immediate no. I can't think of anything You've more got stressful. a massive dog though. I mean, your dog in the dining room would your be... Your dog's an unregistered XL bully. <laughs> <laughs> Is false news. Um, um, but like, I mean, I mean even, all right, even though a little dog, I'm a waiter, I'm trying to carry some soup and a fucking drawer like dashes across because it spotted a steak on the other side of the room. Like, this is chaos. It's like, you can't have like... Rat- it's like a Disney movie. Yeah, awesome. it, it's like Ratatouille, but like not charming yeah. <laughs> and like, incredibly annoying. But you could have like a little pen for the dogs. I mean, yeah, but what if they don't like each other? It's like when yeah, people be chaos. Are, yeah, it's like when people think like, "Oh, my kid's five, your kid's five, they'll get on." Not necessarily. Mm. Like, yeah, no, that's I think that's carnage waiting to happen. Okay, dog um, owner against dogs in restaurants. Yep, a more controversial iteration of that. Children allowed in restaurants, like Ooh. the question of whether you should ban kids under 12, because obviously that could mean that parents never eat out. This, yeah, this one gets extremely Crying corny. baby, <laughs> I don't have children. You, what do you think? I would quite happily not have any kids. That's really for strange. Strange. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, I mean, I would do it with with times. I'd do it with like after 6 p.m. Yeah. Mm. No kids. Like, I think that's perfectly reasonable because then a restaurant's opening earlier and encouraging families. Because yeah. there's, there's a restaurant we go to near us that is really like, you know, Trattoria, like family-run Italian place. The kids are very welcome, but also it is carnage. My daughter mm. just runs into the kitchen and just starts like hugging all the chef like you can't have that late in the in the evening yeah but having a designated sort of chaos time yeah. i think is fine so a few more another question is whether or not you should like have as a rule prices and the menu online i don't understand why you wouldn't do that i'm not going to go to a restaurant and roll the dice as to whether i can afford it or not mm. it's that thing where they don't fucking they just put a number yeah. i hate oh, that oh yeah oh god it's like scallops 12. 12, 12, yeah, 12. <laughs> 12 galleons. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that one, cut and dry. Phones. I'm actually, mm. I'm quite, I think the line on this is no phone conversations, but you can have your phones. This seems reasonable. Yeah, I, I, I can't think of, it, it would be incredibly rude to just be on, like actually speaking yes. on the phone, right? Yeah, but also if you were to ban people from bringing their phones, they just wouldn't come, as yeah. I, I thought. And you might. I mean, have your phone discreetly out on the table is not necessarily going to disturb anyone. No, no. phone calls, no no TikToks? Yeah. Like, oh, don't yeah, do a TikTok, no TikTok at a restaurant. The Probably the most controversial one is you want to take a birthday cake to the restaurant. Is a cake charge justifiable? So this sounds to me, it's kind of like a pouring charge where if you bring your own wine, they... You, yeah, they like charge corkage. Char- yeah, yeah. corkage. So this is like a cakeage equivalent. <laughs> <laughs> a cakeage? And it, yeah, so like 
I don't know. I feel really torn about it because like, what if someone's gone to loads of trouble to make you a wonderful birthday cake, but then they have to pay like two pounds for every slice. But then equally, it feels a bit rude to the restaurant. I don't know. I think maybe you should just ask the restaurant to make you a cake. I you mean, a cake. you're literally in the perfect place for a cake to be made. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it does feel rude. I think it probably is a little bit rude. Yeah, it feels to me something that should be governed by kind of like frowns and tuts <laughs> as opposed to like a formal rule. Well, that kind of it feels should... like this entire piece, doesn't it? Yeah. Shouldn't we just <laughs> tuss a bit at most of this? Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I, I don't know. I might go to a restaurant later to celebrate my birthday and take my hound, see how that goes. Take your dog Who and knows? a cake. Yeah. <laughs> see if they like that. And then have a big phone chat and film a TikTok. And that's the end of today's Paper Cuts. Thanks to Holly Thomas. Thank you. Thanks to Finn Taylor. Thank you. Join us in the Papercut Supporters Club. Just £3 a month gets you ad-free episodes and extended editions where we crack each other up even more. Plus Papercuts t-shirts and mugs. Don't be a mug, get a mug. Head over to back.papercutshow.com and follow the link in the show notes. I've been Alex von Tunzelman and you've been listening to Papercuts on a day when a potato vendor has become a TikTok sensation with a three-hour queue forming to try his taters. We tried to think of an appealing spud pun, but they're all pommes de terrible. See you tomorrow. Papercuts was written and presented by Alex von Tunzelman with Holly Thomas and Finn Taylor. The producer was Liam Tate, assistant producer was Adam Wright and audio producer was me, Jade Bailey. Music is by Simon Williams, socials by Jess Harpen, design by Jim Parrott and original art by Modern Toss. The executive producer is Martin Boytosh, managing editor is Jacob Jarvis and group editor is Andrew Harrison. Papercuts is a Podmasters production. Happy birthday, dear Holly. <laughs> Happy birthday to you.